All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drop in the Gloves. Thank you for joining us today. Tim's here. I'm here. It's exciting, Tim. We had a big snowfall here in Traverse City, Michigan. You still wearing shorts and t-shirts in uh, North Carolina? No, it's cold. It was in the 20s this morning when I walked the dog, but no snow yet. I don't think we got... We didn't get any snow last year, so not much. Maybe an inch would be a lot down here, but I am. I do miss it a little bit. It's nice. It honestly is great. The kids are out sledding. It was fun. Chickens are not enjoying the cold, I'll say that, but it was fun. Got the van stuck already, which was always a pleasure. Always a blast to get my big bus stuck. That's fun. Trying to get that unstuck. We got a couple of tweets about wanting to see this chicken coop slash car situation that you got. Mm. I want to see a picture of that. I can make that happen. Yeah, Yeah, I'll take a picture of that uh, today. It's it's redneck. Like, it's it's really (laughs) WT. But it works great, and it honestly is great for the chickens because it's airtight. So they go in there at night, and I have a heater for them, which, by the way, just suck in my electricity. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for the first electrical bill. Usually, I pay around 100 bucks a month, but I, I do everything electric because we don't have propane or anything like that. Tim, I'm nervous. It's going to be like triple, I think. And if, it's, if it's triple, I'll, I'll tell you this and all the listeners, those chickens are dead. I'm not going to keep spending that much money on it's food, it's lodging. Now it's electricity. They're gone. I will just leave the door open. They'll be dead. And I won't tell the kids. Well, didn't you say they're not laying eggs either right now? They don't lay eggs because it's too cold and they're just not, they don't get their exercise or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I haven't seen an egg pre Thanksgiving, USA Thanksgiving. It's like the same thing of the joke people say about having like a garden in your, in your yard and you spend like all summer and hundreds of dollars on like the seeds and the and the tools oh. and the water just to get like a dollar fifty's worth of vegetables. You know, I do it every I do it every year. My wife, let's do a garden. Let's do a garden. This year she wanted special kind of dirt, so I went to the garden center and got peat moss. I mixed it in. I'm constantly mixing in the ashes from our fireplace. That's supposed to add nitrogen. It's very good for it. I plant it. I tend to it, but then every stinking year. We go to Northport for two weeks, and it's the hottest two weeks of the year, the end of August, and everything dies. So I spend all of June, all of July, watering, tending to. This 
keeping the kids off the guard, and we don't get anything. It's so frustrating. Two years in a row, and I'll do it again. I'm a glutton for punishment. But anyways, moving on. There's been a lot going on, but first, let's let's give a shout out to our friends at Give Better. For those of you who haven't signed up yet, shame on you. You should have did it earlier. They they drew the name. We're gonna release that hopefully next week. We have to go through some legal stuff, right, Tim? I think. I don't I think know. so. But the, the drawing's already been made. For everybody else, you can still sign up. It's a good company. Give better. Revolutionizing, revolutionizing the gambling market. Used to kind of be CD. Maybe you didn't feel good placing all these bets. Now you can feel good. You place a bet, you lose. 25% of all losses goes to charity and a charity of your choice. It's fantastic. You win, you win 100% of it. They're not taking any cut of it. Give better is the best responsible gambling partner you can get all your losses are tax deductible it's a fantastic idea go to givebetter.com tell them we sent you register it's it's a great it's live in canada right now coming soon to the usa tim's a gambling fanatic he uses give better so check him out tell him we sent you givebetter.com is it dot com tim yes it is yep and it's B-E-T-T-O-R, givebetter.com. All right, moving on. Speaking of losing a bet, oh, I lost big on this one. I got a lot of a lot of snarky comments from my friends when Patrick Kane signed with the Detroit Red Wings yesterday. I saw it come through the ticker. I was I was shocked to say the least. What was your initial reaction? I think I broke the news to you, Tim. What was you your did, initial yeah. reaction when you saw that he signed with the Red Wings? I loved it for a lot of reasons. I, I love oh, it for he'll look good it. in that jersey. I love it because you were wrong. And I love it because he's reuniting with Debrinkit. And I love that a team that is surprising people is adding a piece that's going to make him even better. So it's, it's just a win-win-win. It's amazing. Maybe he only wants to sign with original six teams. Could that be it? Chicago, Rangers, Detroit. I think Detroit. a bit more that went on to it. But yeah, you're, there's a pattern there. It seems like there's only one thing that went into this decision, and it's the Alex Debrinkit factor. I did not realize that they were that close. And we were around them when we were there for the convention, Tim. Kaner was there. Debrinkit was there. They were close. I didn't realize that their relationship was that strong. Strong enough to persuade Patrick Kane to go there and pretend. I don't want to say miss out on the Stanley Cup. Because that's, I know how these clips get clipped up. And I'm going to look like I'm just dogging on the Red Wings. But let's call a spade a spade here. The Red Wings are not winning the Stanley Cup this year. Not a chance. They don't have it. They're good. They're overachieving expectations. They're not winning a cup. That's it. Unless they go out and make drastic changes to their roster. They're having a, a, a very fun year so far. It's sweet what they're doing. They're still third place in the Atlantic. And they're going to get lapped by Toronto and Tampa once they get their act together. There's a very strong chance the Red Wings don't make the playoffs this year. So all of that being said, Patrick Kane signed on to play with this team just to play with Debrinket? That's it. You want to play with your buddy. That's just, just you're sacrificing success just to play with your friend. That's pretty remarkable in my eyes. 
Well, I, I think there's more that went on in that decision than, than you're making it seem like. Because I was reading a lot about it last night and this morning. And one of the things I saw was that he met with several teams. But Kane was particularly impressed with head coach Derek Lalonde. When they talked about X's and O's and hockey strategy and his vision for Detroit. And there's something there that must have clicked with him. Um, and, and Kane, to his credit, kind of went through all these meetings with a lot of humility, knowing that he's coming off an, an, a major surgery. He's 35 years old. He knows he needs to earn his spot doesn't need to be on the first line, doesn't need to be on the power play, things like that. He's just he's just wants to be there and wants to help a team go on a cup run. Um, I agree with you about Detroit, uh, but another reason that, they, that he went there was that Eisenman, I don't know that all the other GMs didn't, but I know this worked in their favor. Eisenman flew to Toronto to meet with him face-to-face. And so they really wanted him, and they made him feel like they needed him. And then, yeah, I think the Debrinkit stuff is just icing on the cake. And, I, and I, I don't know the lines or how they'll try to balance it or even what Kane can bring at this point. But I think they have to at least try the American line with Kane to bring it in Larkin, no? You would think so. That that makes sense. So you got I don't know. Yeah, you you want to reunite Kane and to bring it, right? Dylan Larkin is there. Yeah, I think that's the first option. That that makes sense to me. I don't know. They have a decent team. It's just they don't they're not scaring me. This this whole thing really doesn't make sense to me just yet, but we'll see. The bigger question is, there's already an 88 on Detroit. Daniel Sprong. What happens there? I had a lot of people reach out. Yeah. Friend of the show, Andrew be- Benson's like, what do we do? Does he does he does he pay Daniel Sprong? Does he does he give him something, a watch or something? I've never had this situation where someone comes over as high profile as Patrick Kane. Who this number is synonymous with him. Just like it was with Eric Lindros. That's their number. Wayne Gretzky 99, Ray Bork 77. That's their number. What's going to happen there, Tim? You think Sprong's just going to offer it up to him? I think he already did. I saw a report that he already said he could have it. But that I think Kane will still, even though he doesn't have to, probably do some kind of gift or something, right? You would think, or does he even take it? Because if... I don't know. If I'm Kane, I don't take that number. I let Sprong have it, and I and I switch it up, but I don't know. Does if you're a Hawks fan, does him signing with a longtime rival bother you at all? No, I think it's a good thing. I, I think there's some history there. My only concern, this is a very small concern, is is he going to be the new Patrick Marlowe, where he just bounces around from team to team to team, and it, it kind of it does it tarnish your reputation a little bit. Where you just you you could have been known as Patrick Kane, Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, last year he wanted to get out of there. The Hawks are tanking for Bedard. They win the Bedard sweepstakes, but go to the Rangers. Now you're signing a one year deal in Detroit. What if it doesn't work out here? You don't really do anything. Maybe you miss the playoffs. Do you really want to re up again for Debrinket? Does this tarnish his reputation if all of a sudden the last two three years of his career he's just bouncing around from team to team to team like Brett Favre did? In football, he went from the Packers to the Vikings to the Jets, and it, it kind of tainted it for me a little bit. He should have just stayed with the Pack. Or is this, am I thinking too much into it? Is he always going to be known as Chicago Blackhawk legend Patrick Kane? He will. And he's done so much in his career that nothing he can do at this point, I mean, character aside, can can hurt that um, on the ice and everything. And so, um, no, I think that'll be totally fine. I think it'll be fine unless he, unless he's really bad. But even then, all it does at the most is just leave a sour taste in your mouth at the end of his career. But it's not going to impact any of his legacy and 
arguably the greatest, the best American to ever lace them up. All right, so what does this do with the Detroit Red Wings? Right now, they're sitting in a playoff spot. Like I said, they're third in the Atlantic. I think they're sixth overall, but there's teams nipping at their heels. They're right in the mix of just everybody from the 22 to 26 point range. There's, I think, 10 teams. Does this make them a playoff team in your eyes? Do they all of a sudden take that next step into the competitor realm in that division when you're looking at Carolina, you're looking at the Rangers, you're looking at the Leafs, those types of tiers, or are they still a step behind? Well, to answer your question first, they're a playoff team now. I mean, the That's season what you ended. Said. Right. They, you asked me if they're a playoff team. The season, they're going to be a playoff team. Um, but that said, no. I, I don't, who, what's a first round matchup that's likely, that's realistic that they can win? Can you think of any? I, well, maybe, I think if they match up versus the Bruins. Oh, come on. <laughs> they do have the Bruins number, they have for years. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess, but no one's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> going down that road. Oh, man. Uh, oh, it's getting hot in here. But even <laughs> so, I, I agree with you. Just say they finish 7-8 in the wild card. They're, they're lining up against the Rangers, or they're lining up against the Bruins or the Hurricanes. I could see them competing with the Hurricanes. They have that star power now. And who knows? It, we're presuming Kane comes back at peak Kane. I liked what he did last year with the Rangers, hip surgery, everything looks good. Let's just presume that he's back to 100%. If he's going, you got Larkin, you got Raymond, you got a good supporting cast with the Detroit Red Wings. I think they could win a round. I don't see them being in the same caliber as the Rangers or the Leafs or the Lightning when they're humming along and everybody's healthy. I still think they're a step behind, but I do put them in the same category as the Panthers, the Hurricanes, that second tier of teams. And mind you, it's still early. They could still tinker with this roster. But yeah, I, I don't mind this team if they make the playoffs too. Well, I, I think you can expect him to be, you know, it, you said prime Kane. He's obviously not going to be like prime, prime Kane, but I think he can still be super effective. And where he loses a step or it maybe isn't quite as quick as he used to be, you can make up for that with chemistry. Him and Dabrinkit have that as well as almost any two players in the league. And they've shown that. So, like, they can find each other. They can read each other. So, I feel like that's going to make up for the fact that he is 35 coming off major surgery. And also just the fact that he's Patrick Kane. So, um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I think this is a good thing for the Red Wings. And um, I don't know. Do you feel like he's... Do you feel like he pursued a, a multi-year deal anywhere and didn't get one? Or was he always looking for one? I think a team wasn't going to give him a two. This is kind of a show me year. Hip surgery is a yeah. major deal. I, I don't see a team investing two years or three years in a Patrick Kane at this point. You kind of want to see what you're getting first off. But yeah, the bigger question in my eyes, Alex Dabrinkit came out of the gate on fire. What did he have, like eight or nine goals in the first one game? He was, <laughs> he was scoring at will. He's, he's settled in. He's only got 12, so he's scored roughly three or four in the last 15 games. Does he catch fire again? Does he get the Patrick Kane effect? Because he's all of a sudden back to being a 40-50 goal scorer because he gets to play alongside Patrick Kane. Do you see that happening? And in turn, does that affect Kane's value moving forward? Let's just start on DeBrinkett. Does he score more because Kane's there? Well, this is, I'm going to oversimplify the math, but there's roughly 60 games left for them, and he would need 62. to score a goal every other game to reach 40 goals, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but he needs to be at a goal every other game. Is that, is that right? 
Um, I don't no, think that's really to, to score how many to, to reach 40 because he's at 12 now. So 28 goals in 62 games is that that's about a goal every other game. Yeah, maybe um, every third, roughly. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he crosses thirty. I think he's probably low thirties, low to mid thirties at the end of the year. I don't think it's that important. I, I think it's better like how Patrick Kane improves the rest of the team, and if they do mix up the lines, and maybe that that isn't that American line, but if he makes their power play better, if he balances out the lines a little better, if they're a better team with him playing with them, and then this also gives confidence to go and add a piece or two at the deadline because they've got the cap room to do it. So. I'm not as much worried about the Brinkett's goal count as I am about this team's chances in the playoffs. What's their cap situation right now? How much money do they have? Because y- you would think if Steve Eisman goes out and he signs Patrick Kane, there should be more, more things coming, right? Because this was a big swing. You're not just sitting back and just reveling in, oh, I got Patrick Kane. You have to go out and continue to improve your team. If you're all in this year, you have to go out. They have almost $5 million dollars. In cap space, you have the Bruins' first-round pick this year to play with, too. But that's going to be a terrible first-rounder, so I wouldn't mind him getting away from that. So maybe they do make another move. Maybe they go out and add some more pieces, because right now their defense is okay, a little slow at times. They could use some more depth at forward. They, they need more scoring. Let's just let's just call it. that. That's how I see it. They have a lot of good depth forwards. They could use another high-end top-six guy, in my eyes. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to give a thumbs-up. The Steve Eisman. This was a nice pull. Very, very surprised Patrick Kane. I'm going to give a thumbs down to Patrick Kane. Why would you do this? Why yeah, you don't plan like, is, is alive. You don't like, you don't like parades, Patrick? You don't like Stanley Cup parades? You've done three of them. You don't want to do four? Go to Dallas. Guaranteed guaranteed ring. Oh, he would have Even been Florida. so good there. He would have worked perfectly in Florida. They need a right winger. It would have, it would have been smashing. You know who else could potentially be on the market, Tim? Chicago Blackhawk player. Lots of controversy surrounding this. Corey Perry of the Chicago Blackhawks signs this offseason for $4 million. One-year deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning, with the Montreal Canadiens. Lauded across the league as just a very good veteran. You bring him in, he's going to produce, brings a little bit of sandpaper, has a great history, former MVP of this league. They wanted to surround Connor Bedard with guys who had been there, guys who can protect them. They bring in Taylor Hall, bring in Nick Felino, bring in Corey Perry. You already have Athanasius Athanasio. So you have some veterans there to protect Connor Bedard when times get tough. Fast forward a month into the season, two months into the season. Taylor Hall's done for the year. Athanasiasu is done. We don't know when he's coming back. And now Corey Perry has been placed on waivers with the intent to terminate his contract. Rumors are swirling. Pretty funny rumors, too, if you ask me. Hooking up with Connor Bernard's mom. Interesting rumor, to say the least. But Kyle Davidson squashed those. He said it's, it did not... Did not have anything to do with any of our players' family members. Which just, it's, this is what happens, Chicago Blackhawks. When you don't just say something, right? They just let it, let it run out for too long. And then the team says something, the agent says something, the team says something. And the fans just, their memory runs, their, their imagination runs wild. And this is what happens. So anyways, 
What was Kyle Davidson's statement, Tim? Because he gave a 10-minute interview after they released their press release stating that they're going to release him, terminate his contract. What was his statement? Well, before his press conference, the team released a statement that wasn't from Davidson personally, but it's from the Blackhawks, and here's how it reads. After an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the t- of the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers. In the event Mr. Co- Mr. Perry clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. So right away, this was not written by Davidson. This wasn't written by an owner. This wasn't written by the president. This was written by a lawyer, right? This is this is legalese. So this is like heavy stuff. Um, and even the fact they call him Mr. Perry at the end of the statement, you know, like that's that's lawyer talk. Um, and so there's so much to unpack here. They said that he. So let's just go to his press conference. He said um, he won't be allowed to able to disclose many details about the incident, but the rumors involving players or families are quote. Wildly inaccurate and frankly disgusting. So it's not the the rumors that we all heard, um, but it has to be something to do with someone in the organization. Just the way that this is worded, um, if it wasn't a player, a staff member, media member, something, um, I don't know. It's but you're right because by not saying anything for so long, they let this kind of get out of control. And I hope other teams around the league are looking at this being like, okay, next time we've got something, here's what not to do. Cause the Blackhawks are doing it right now. They've really bungled their last few <laughs> controversies. Crises. Yeah. Crises, yeah. which is wild. A storied franchise like this, that they were the epitome of what you want your franchise to look like. And they've just plummeted. Anyways, Emily Kaplan wrote a story for ESPN, and she did some digging. She has some Chicago insiders. I'm a Chicago insider, but I I can't mix. I'm, I'm torn right now because I know things, but I can't mix. So I'm going to say what Emily Kaplan said. She says, a source told ESPN that Corey Perry traveled with the Blackhawks to Columbus last Tuesday, a day before the game, and an incident, an incident occurred that day involving a team employee. Perry who was supposed to play that day, was immediately pulled from the game once the, game, once the club was notified. And at that point, they began an investigation. So, if, let's just break this down, because it's, it's pretty easy to kind of read between the lines. An incident involving a club employee, if he got into an argument with a staff member, he would not have his contract terminated. I've seen guys have physical altercations with equipment guys, with medical guys, with trainers, where something happens, it doesn't terminate your contract. The only thing that makes sense to me at this point is there was some fraternization between a female employee and Corey Perry by the time they landed in Columbus and the next day. It's a long period of time. You roughly get in around noon, two, three o'clock, check into your hotel, you go out to dinner, maybe you have a couple drinks. Something happened between touching down on the tarmac and pregame skate the next day. We don't know what. But if you just sit back, try to figure it out, that's that's where I go. And this day and age with the Me Too movement, with uh, all the bad stuff that happens with the sexual harassment, teams don't want to be associated with it. 
I'm guessing he had a few too many pops. There were some staff members at the establishment he was at. Columbus is in a big town. It was a Tuesday night. He approached somebody. And he probably did or said something that was inappropriate. And the hawk said, we don't want anything to do with this. You're done. Gone. And that that's all hearsay. I'm alleging. I'm just guessing. That's what happens. But that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't think he this happens if he gets in an argument with a coach. I don't think this happens if he has a, a disagreement with the staff member. I think they handle it internally, maybe suspend him for a couple of days. This is the only thing that makes sense to me. Where if it got out, if this staff member said something to the press, it could go like wildfire, especially with the Hawks' history with sexual misconduct. So I feel like this is the only thing that makes sense to me. And I don't know what happened. But this is, I bet, I bet you this is what happened. Don't you think, Tim? Yeah, it does make the most sense. Because even if you, it, it said it had nothing to do with other players, but even if he had said something like, over the line to a, a male member of the of the team or the staff that was like a slur or or something like that. You don't. They wouldn't respond this way. No, no. He might be punished. He might be benched. He might, you know, be. I don't know. They might. We probably never would have heard about it. Um. And so, yeah, it had to be something bad enough. And just for context, I know this is a different team, but we talked we talked about this is all over Twitter. Lucic got arrested, and his wife told the cops that she that he choked her. And there was broken glass, and the Bruins didn't put him on waivers. And he went to players' assistance. Now, that was for sure a substance-related thing, and we don't know exactly what the deal was with Perry. Probably it was. At least he was drinking. But just for the, the context, either what he did was so much worse than Lucic, or the Bruins kind of looked like they were a little too lenient on him. Uh, so there's, there's, there's some... Winners and losers coming out of the situation, too, when you compare them. I think Chicago's history plays a part in this, where if, if Corey Perry's on another organization and this happens, maybe the response isn't as swift. But because of what happened yeah. in 2010 and the, and what happened with Kyle Beach, their their hands are tied. Like, we have to get rid of this guy. We have to look like we're aggressive and we're proactive. Let's just get him away from the team. It may, it, it lines up that way. So let me ask you this. There's been basically nothing reported other than like what you just wrote read is like the most information we've really gotten. Do you think there are people that outside of the organization, like I don't want to say names, but the reporters and things that the two who typically break stories, do you think some of them know and are sitting on it and haven't released it? Or is this really hush hush just in the organization? There were no reporters at that game. I know that there were no B reporters at that game in Columbus. So there will be no one to talk about it in the press. I know that for a fact. I, I called that game in Columbus when he was pulled. So after the game, they got shellacked and there was no reporters to ask questions. So the color guy had to go down to the room and ask questions for us for post game because they usually will react to the coach's post game interview. And there was just no one there to ask him questions from Chicago. Usually they'll, they'll travel with a couple of reporters. This didn't happen. So that might be why there's not a lot of information going out right now. But yeah, people know, right? Like it, Someone he, has he to, right? He didn't go out by himself. 
if he yeah. did go out allegedly we don't know if he went out or not but if he did he's not going out by himself i would hope it's too bad again we don't know what happened but what is he 38 married with kids it's tough you don't want to be doing that that that's that's a yeah. tough look well this is speaking of legacy like he had basically stayed out of the news in his entire career um multiple richard trophies probably not a hall of famer but in the conversation and yep. and this is what you know, there's a non-zero chance that that this is going to destroy his legacy forever. Um, well, let's which not, is, let's not go that far because what? Just say everything dies down after this, and we get no more information. That's it. Corey doesn't challenge the termination of his contract, and everything just kind of calms. Fast forward a couple weeks, he's still a free agent. He doesn't get claimed off waivers. We'll know in a couple hours if he got claimed. Does that kind of make this go away? There's no, there's no charges filed, and everybody just forgets about it. And he signs with another team. This, this could all go away. I could totally yeah. see this happening, where he signs with the team. I don't know. In the new year, he kind of takes a beat. He skates. He goes home. He does Christmas, and then January one shows up, and he signs with the Dallas Stars. I could totally see that happening. By the way, he's a valuable piece on the ice. But they're going to ask. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're making me think of another major story that's not too different with Jim Montgomery getting fired from Dallas. Yep. And we know that it was some probably he had an alcohol issue and, and said something or but we don't we know next to nothing about it. It never yep. and it got swept under the rug and never came up, came to light. And I don't remember him really having to address it when we got the job in Boston. So maybe it'll be similar to that. This won't have any more print after this week. What is it, Wednesday today? I, I don't see it lasting that long because if, if there's nothing to talk about, then what, what are you going to write about? The same thing. Like he's, he's going to be, yeah. you know, he'll get through waivers. No one will claim him. And that'll be the end of it. But don't you think another GM is going to be calling Kyle being like, hey, we're thinking about talking to Corey. What's the deal? Can you just tell us? Oh, sure. Yeah, that might happen. But it won't it see won't the break. light of day. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to know it. I will know what happened once I go to Chicago. I'm going there this weekend, and I'll be asking everybody what happened. <laughs> On the street, hundred percent. But I won't you, be able to say it here. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say it here. Like that's career suicide. But it's uh, over under. Well, yes or no? Do you think he plays on another team this year? No. No. I say yes. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Who has a better chance to play, him or Luch? Uh, him. Yeah. I think Luch I think he done. plays. There was no eyes there. Also on, he was on point for, on pace for like 48 or 50 points or something, too. Like, he's still an effective player. Oh, he's having an incredible year. He he made their power play tick. He was very, very good. I've been watching a lot of games. He's he's playing great. His little dink and doink passes, he's, he's kind of staying in his lane. He's having a great year, which is, this is a huge loss for the Hawks. It really is. Which makes the the signing of uh, Beauvillier, I like that from Kyle Davidson. He didn't sit on his hands. Great, yeah. You need someone to play with Connor Bedard right now. You have Philip Kurashev, who's playing fairly well. He's he's averaging over a point per game, but you have no one else to play with him. And that's a fairly small line. They they tried different guys, and I think Beauvillier will be able to keep up with him. And he's a high end offensive guy. Beauvillier kind of falling well, off after his big year in Islanders, but. I like him. Yeah. If nothing else, he's a very fast player and he can keep up with Bedard. So that'll be, that'll, that'll work in his favor. Agreed. All right, Tim, who was generous this week? Yeah. Who is generous this week? 
A nice happy story. So this week's Crown Royal Generous Guy of the Week is Connor McDavid. And I say generous because he has 10 assists, 10 in his last three games. The Oilers now have won three straight, and McDavid looks completely right again. 10 days ago, he was tied for 76th in league scoring, and now he's in the top 10, which is just crazy. Um, so, yeah, crazy. really good for McDavid. Are they back in the playoffs mixed conversation? And how soon till he's back in like the scoring race? Well, Tim, I don't think they're back in the playoff mix just yet. They dug themselves a serious, serious hole. When you look at who they beat, it's not like they're beating incredible teams. They beat Anaheim 8-2. to Like, big, big deal. They beat Washington 5 nothing. Big deal. I just think we need to pump the brakes on the resurgence of the Edmonton Oilers just a, just a sec, just a teeny bit. But hey, they're in the dumpy Pacific, bad Western Conference, arguably home to the five or six worst team in the NHL. Like they they got some bad teams in that conference. So they can they could easily pick up some easy wins versus these teams. So good for the Oilers. I don't think they're in the picture just quite yet, but they're they're getting better. And remember, guys, generosity lives in the small things. It doesn't need money or an audience or even acknowledgement. It just needs a few good people. Crown Royal, crown everything. The next thing, John, there was a firing this week. A head coach was fired. Dean Evason was out. John Hines in in Minnesota. What was your reaction to that? Um, feel bad for Dean Evason. He, he's been a good coach there for the last few years. He navigated the first round of salary cap hell that they were in last year and he led them to the playoffs this year didn't start so well i i don't think it's his fault i really don't it, it, it's funny how it coincided he critiqued his top guys after the loss to i want to say was it colorado or somebody he came out and said our top guys aren't scoring they're not producing like that we need them to score we need them to do better literally the next day he got fired i don't think that played anything into it. I don't think the top guys went to the GM and said, Billy, get him out of here. But it's just funny how it worked out that way. What are you going to do? He, he did the best he could. His goaltenders have been atrocious this year. Absolutely awful. His forwards have been terrible this year. His defensemen have been abominable. The whole team has been just awful. Up and down the lineup. Rodin, Spurgeon, Zach Bogosian, I don't think has won a game yet. Traded for him. I don't know why. He is just, the game has passed Well, they did by. win last night. Oh, they won last night. Big, there you go. He's won one game, but just this, this lineup is not good. Hey, can I just say I told you so? I told you so. You think they're going to make the playoffs? So. Yeah, I mean, the general consensus, the general consensus is that it wasn't his fault. Um, the players played poorly, and the cap situation is just a complete mess. We, we beat this thing to death in the last couple of weeks, but um, that doesn't mean that it wasn't the right move. Something has to change if you have any chance of turning things around. And so bringing in a fresh coach, fresh energy, maybe they start to pile some wins together. I don't think so, but it's not. it's still probably the right move, even though it wasn't his fault. It's a reactionary move. I've, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they're not all of a sudden going to just catch fire. Gustafson sucks. Fleury's more concerned about his mask. He's done. D well, the bigger question. The bi what? Yeah. What? What? Uh, Kaprizov, if he, if he does what he's capable of doing, he could he could carry a team to the playoffs, couldn't he? Not a chance. Kaprizov could score 80 goals. They'd still lose every game. 
The question is this. Their team is locked up long-term. Kaprizov, Boldy, Zuccarello, Eriksenek, Felino, Johansson, Hartman are all signed on for long-term. Like, I'm talking three, four, five, six years. What do you do with this team? Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodin, Jake Middleton. You're locked in. Gustafson. How do you fix this team? All of a sudden, you're going to get $14 million off the books in two years. Does that make everything better? Is this your team that you like to, you know, you're, you're going to the cup with? Kaprizov, Boldy, Felino, Spurgeon, Brodeen. These are the guys. I, I, I'm honestly asking because I, I think it's okay. But it's not a good year right now for them. Not a good year. I still like the lineup. I still like the roster. And like, yeah, yeah. you're going to have a major part of the books come back available in two, in two years. So really, everyone knows it's kind of unspoken. But they're, gonna be, they're not going to be competitive next year either. And maybe they're better and they, and they go to the playoffs, but they're not a cup contender until they get that space back. And then they have to use it well. And does that mean that like they have to extend existing players and all that half that space is added up on, on contract renewals? Or can they go out and get a major free agent? Or maybe there's someone that they drafted has a major breakout next year and then the ELC kicks, in, kicks out and they signs a major contract, whatever. Um, but it's really it's not just enough to say that they have that space. They have to use it well. And, and they have some time to, to do that planning. Yeah, the main guy who they're going to have to re-sign is Marco Rossi. He's playing well. He's up on the first line. 22-year-old kid from Austria. They drafted him in the first round in 2020. He's been playing well. You know, as, as good as can be expected in his first foray on the first line with these high-end guys. I like I like his game a little bit. He's got 11 points, 20 games. He's playing okay, but I don't think he is going to command a huge deal. I think they do what they did with Matt Boldy. Maybe he signs for four or five million dollars for seven years instead of Boldy's seven million dollars, where everybody freaked out about. By the way, Boldy, I watched the game with a. I don't watch many wild games, but I, I caught one. He should have had it like three goals. He, he could not find the back of the net. It was just remarkable the chances he was getting, and he could not convert. I'm just sitting there, it's like shaking my head. You need to score these goals. I don't know what's going on. He has how many this year, Tim? He's got two. Two goals. So it's not good enough for the Minnesota Wild. Um, Does Kaprizov have 10 yet? Kirill has gotten, he has six. Six, yeah. Rightfully critiqued by the coach. It's not nearly good enough. So he ain't getting 47 or 40 like he did a couple years back. So the Wilder in the midst of a funk. I guess the coaching change was necessary, but I just feel bad for Dean Evison. He was he did a good job. I think his record with the Wild was I'm gonna be off a little bit. I read it a couple days ago, one forty four and seventy seven ish. It's a pretty good record in the NHL, coaching a team where you don't have fourteen million dollars to spend. Last year he he was very good, so I don't know too bad for him. All right, Tim, let's get to some quick hits here. Brought to you by DoorDash. Do you want quick delivery? Use DoorDash. And guess what? You can use our promo code NATION25 for 25% off and free delivery. But only in Canada. Not yet, you U.S. greedy sons of guns. Only in Canada. Use promo code NATION25. You get 25% off and free delivery from DoorDash. Back when we had them a couple years ago, it was in the U.S. You guys were spoiled. Not yet. You got to wait. So use DoorDash if you're in Canada. Promo code NATION25. Right, Tim? That's a good promo code. 
I liked their old one better. Gloves, gloves, DD. We couldn't get, we couldn't get that. We fought for it, and they said no. You got to be one of the, one of the sheep, right, Tim? That's exactly what happened. Bah! I said, give us gloves, <laughs> DD, and they said, yeah, no, no sheep. Nation twenty five. You still get twenty five percent off of free delivery, so it's a great deal. And if you're in the USA, you just you're not getting anything. All right. What are we doing here with the quick? Tim hates it when I do the ads like that. You don't, I don't like hate it. it. You don't, love I don't it. like it. I don't like it. Well, let's talk about the first one here. Um, the trade rumor mill is swirling, and the first one right now is Nikita Zadorov. Um, he, the major teams that are in on him right now, are the Islanders, the Devils, the Stars, and the Leafs. The Leafs, by the way, are missing. Lilligren, Klingberg, and Giordano. So they need to go get a defenseman. What happened to Gio? Do you know? No, he, no, I don't know. I just saw the headline that he went down. Broke his hip. He's a significant time. (laughs) Yeah. He's old. Uh, He looks old. He looks every bit of 40. Yeah. So something's up with him. So they have a major holes in the defense and they'll, they'll bring some people up and they might go sign like a, a, go get like a, a a depth defenseman to, to fill the, to stop the bleeding a little bit, but they're going to need some answers. They're going to need some top four defensemen if they to add. So Zadora is going to be on their list. I think most likely he goes to the Devils, but all these teams are in on him. According to why Kevin the Weeks. Devils? Why? Why would he make more sense with the Devils when they have Ryan Graves? They have Dougie Hamilton. They have a decent decor around them. They got Signal Halter and John Marino, Luke Hughes. Why? Why the Devils? Oh, Ryan Graves Devil... in Pittsburgh. Excuse me. You're right. Spoke. Yeah. Um, the Devils get pushed around in the playoffs. That, that was their. Ooh. That's why they lost to the Rangers last year. They need to add some some beefiness and some like I don't know security for the younger, smaller players. They're built on like speed and skill with Hughes and Brat and and Luke Hughes and even like Toffoli. And so yeah, they need someone tough on the back end. I don't. I'm not saying he will go there, but if I had to bet on one of those teams, it would be New Jersey. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah, they lost Miles Wood. He was kind of their bully, but they have uh, a little bit of beef, maybe. I've got Brendan Smith playing forward for Pete's sake. I, I think the the best spot for him is Toronto. That makes the most sense to me. They're, they're in desperate need for defense. They get Klingberg's contract off the books. Very similar to Nikita Zadorov. He would fit in nicely there. I, I really think he enjoys the big stage. He likes that kind of uh, atmosphere. So, And they're, they're very... They're in trouble, Toronto. They really are. Marner's playing really, really bad. The defense is just terrible. So hopefully they, they can figure that out and make a deal happen because, gosh, he's, he's much needed right now. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, what else, Tim? Yeah, the Rangers had some tough injury news. Bill Peedle and Capo Kako are both going on the LTIR, and Capo especially is going to miss significant time. It's not believed to be season-ending, but it's not going to be a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It's going to be significant. And he, this happened on Monday. He took an awkward tumble into the yeah. board, something with his leg or his ankle or his knee, maybe. Um, uh, so, yeah, not not good for them. That's going to hurt him a little bit. It looked really bad going into the boards. I'm surprised it wasn't season ending. So it's, it's a good thing that he's going to be able to come back. But, you know, it's funny how it works. You get one good player back and you lose Capococco. Adam Fox is back from his injury. So that's good. Shores up the defense a little bit, but then you lose one of your high-end forwards. Because Kako at this point in his career is a high-end forward. He, he plays a lot of minutes for them. Penalty kill, a little bit of power play, good five-on-five player. But I think the Rangers have a lot of depth. Like, their first two lines are pre- still pretty dangerous. They got Kreider, Zabinijad, Panera, and Trochik, Lafreniere. Blake Wheeler, who's having an atrocious season, but he can pick it up. Nick Bonino's there. They got Gaudreau. They got Jimmy Vesey. They got a deep team. So I don't think losing him will be that 
big of a deal, but it still hurts. He's a good player, right? Capo Caco. Good player. Yeah. What else, Tim? Anything else? And the last one here. Yeah, you mentioned this already, but the, the Hawks acquired Anthony Bavillier from the Canucks. I think it is a little bit of a response to losing Perry and Hall and getting some more skill. But the Canucks were also looking to, to dump some salary. Wasn't really working out there. This, they got about a million and a half on the books now. They might try to make another move or so because uh, they're going to be loading up. You better believe they're going to be adding some pieces for a long playoff run. And this gives them just a little bit of breathing room. Win what makes more teams. sense for the Canucks to add on the back end right now? Do you want to mess with that? They got Ronick, Myers, Quinn Hughes, add a piece back there or add someone up front where they're really strong, their offense, but they're kind of top heavy a little bit. They got JT Miller, Brock Besser. Then you got the, obviously the Pedersen line with Mekiev and Kuzmenko. Well, there's, there's some wiggle room. What would you do? They definitely need probably some defensive defensemen, some physicality, yeah. some guys that can kill penalties and block shots and that sort of thing, because that's really what wins you playoff rounds. But the other thing that wins you playoff rounds is is the third line. We've seen it from all the teams that have won the last the last five cups, is the, the scoring depth and the ability to play in multiple ways. And like you said, they have a lead offense, but a lot of times the top two lines cancel each other out. And so you know that they're going to need to rely on, like, the Teddy Blugers and Sam Lafferty's of the world, Hoglander, and I don't know that they can. So yeah, I would, I would probably look at scoring depth, some some uh, secondary pieces. Hmm. I'd go with defense. We're so different. Well, it makes we it work. We're going to talk to one of their third liners, I think, soon, right, Tim Connor Garland. We had him on the books. He was just kind of clearing out. He had a busy week, but he'll be in. That'll be an interesting conversation to talk to him. Yeah, they had something like eight games in 14 days or something. So he said uh, after the stretch is over, so probably next week sometime. That'll be good. All right, everybody. We've we'll we got a busy Patrick couple days, too. too. Yeah, we'll get Graves. We'll get Garland. I'll get Patrick Can. It'll be great. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It was a good show. Cheers, Tim, on this great agenda. We had a lot to talk about. Go, go use DoorDash. Give better. Drink some Crown Royal responsibly, of course. And stay away from your coworkers. And we will talk to you Friday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.